gentlemen, it is good to be back. Um, post baby. Uh, I am big banter, baby. How many, how many is that? Well, two since the show has started, (sighs) you haven't contributed anything, Corey. So that's on you. hundred percent. I gotta, I gotta find a, a wife first and be able to afford said baby. Mm. So few steps. Sounds like a lot. It sounds like you're putting a lot of stipulations on this very easy process. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, oh. All right, oh. Listen. listen, I got I got a question for you guys. So, me and Corey are also very big NFL fans, very big Lions fans. Alex, you're the outlier. You moved away and became a Pittsburgh fan you are a Steelers fan um which you're a traitor and will never love you the same ever again but it is what it is loser I I, I want to ask you Corey specifically before I go to Alex how much do you think he's regretting his decision when he leaves and literally the year after he decides to become a Steelers fans the Lions for the first time maybe in not maybe in our lifetime are actually better than the Pittsburgh Steelers. Corey, what do you think he's feeling over there? Um, I think there's a little bit of regret. Um, I think uh, you have to question his commitment uh, a little bit as well. Um, because, listen, we've, we've sat through miserable, miserable football seasons, and we could not, uh, we could not change allegiances. I, when I was younger, kind of rooted for the Raiders as well, and maybe even at a point the Raiders were above the Lions, but there there wasn't you know on field reasons for me to root for the Lions over the Raiders. But there's something that shifted. Just being from the Detroit area, I was like, I these are my boys. I gotta I gotta stay with them. Okay, now having said all of that, I want to make something known, which I did not say on purpose before this moment in time last year when the lions failed to make make the playoffs although starting one and six and then finishing nine and eight as we all know i had a conversation with our good friend alex and i said alex this is the perfect time to jump on the bandwagon because you're jumping on before they even make the play they didn't make the playoffs you're jumping on when they're still technically bad and you can get on right now, and then next year they're going to be really good. I said this to him, and he can verify this information. And told him, perfect time to jump aboard. And what did you do, Alex? You know what? Myself and the Detroit Lions have a long history of a hate-hate relationship with each other. Because, you know, I never owned a Lions jersey as a kid, and I was born and raised in Michigan. I didn't come to Pittsburgh till I was 24. I was born and raised in Michigan, never had a Lions jersey, only went to one Lions game. I actively remember the season that they went 0-16, rooting for them to actually go 0-16 once it became a possibility because I was like, you know what, you deserve it for being this bad. The only reason that I have to cheer for the Lions is you two, is my friends. 
I want you to be happy. But I will not lie to you when I say I was watching opening night, Thursday night football, at a friend's house here in Pennsylvania. And I said, you know what? I really want the Chiefs to win this game. I don't know what it is, but I despise the fact that Detroit was inept for so long. I despise the fact that the first and only Steelers game I've been to so far was the Steelers-Lions game where they tied and they ruined my first Steelers game that I ever went to. So you know what? That was the Steelers that ruined that game, by the way, for you, not the Lions. It was... It was both sides were at fault, but nevertheless, I am, I just despise the Detroit Lions now. I want you guys to be happy. I'm excited that your team is finally coming around. I'm happy for you guys. As far as the Lions go, I don't care if they win another football game. Here we go, Steelers, baby. I am, I am all in on the steel curtain, and I bleed black and gold. You know, that's really funny that you say you want us to be happy because actually I want you to be miserable because of this decision that you've made. If you're not with us, you're against us. Detroit versus everybody and you can stay over there in the Steel City with your crappy football team and it's past its prime and Kenny Pickett whose hands are two sizes too small. So get rocked. Jared Goat, Jared Goff the Goat, Craig Reynolds is just chop blocked your entire team. Get rocked. I could I I literally we're moving directly in to Big Ten football now because Corey just said everything I felt. He was literally my spirit animal for that thirty second window. Goodbye. Can't wait for the Steelers Lions football and or, or Steelers Lions Super Bowl in about ten years, boys. It's gonna be fun. We're we're gonna be there this year. Where are you guys gonna be? <laughs> Not well, at the Super Bowl. Get... <laughs> Loser. Hey, good luck getting to six anytime soon. Hey, despite what you just heard, if you love Big Ten football, then you came to the right place. Welcome to Big Banter, everybody. If you're new here, hit that follow button, hit subscribe, because you're going to want to be tuned in for all of our episodes coming up throughout the Big Ten football season. And even if the Big Ten gets you know, eliminated from the playoff or whatever, we're taking you all the way through till the end where they play for all the marbles. Follow us on Instagram and threads at B1G Banter and on Twitter at B1G Banter Pod. Corey, say something kind. Say something queet. Nope, not queet. I almost said something really horrible. (laughs) Say something sweet to the listeners. Wow. I almost got us demonetized. I I will say something sweet to the listeners in a second, but you just pulled the New York Yankees 27 rings bit. And that is just soft. You're a soft human being. So uh, I will say something kind to everybody else except Alex. Um, The absolutely wonderful and beautiful listeners of Big Banter, thank you so much for tuning in every week to our just incredibly outlandish, all-over-the-board conversations. And you know what? This is my personal invitation to you. If any of you wish to jump on the lion's bandwagon judgment free you have my personal pass you can say to anybody who's on the bandwagon taking tickets it's like oh yeah Corey's for cena and ethan davidson as well uh they they give us the no judgment ticket and then the you know the bandwagon driver will just have to be like oh if that's the case then you're come on board and that's because of your dedication to this podcast so we thank you well said Corey. 
Well said. Now, with that being said, let's get to the picks. It's what you came here for. It's time to make some money, baby. Now, let's review where we're at at this point in the season. So, week seven just happened. How did we do in week seven? Ethan, Corey, you both went five and three. Golf claps, golf claps all around for you two. I had my worst week of the year. I went three and five this week. So, now... This race got even tighter. Ethan and I are tied at the top. 37 and 27 is our record overall. And Corey is only one game back at 36 and 28. So this is heating up. This is starting to look like the Big Ten East race between the three of us right now. I like the synopsis there. Which one of us is uh, Michigan? Which one of us is Penn State? Which one of us is Ohio State? I am Michigan because I am inevitable. And at some point, you know, there's just going to be, listen, boys, I I, got to be real with you. And yes, I'm gloating. So whatever you want to say to that, I don't care. I have had two weeks all season where I did not have a winning record in the picks. Two. Does this all season? Does this mean I'm Penn State because I'll stick around? But then when push comes to shove, I just fold like a lawn chair. You should be Penn State because, well, let's talk about that a little bit, a little bit later. We'll we'll get to that. But, I mean, I don't think Penn State's a bad place to be. Ooh, ooh, a little bit of a tease there, I see. All right, all right. Well, I just want to let you know I'm primed for a bounce back this week, okay? I'm coming with takes. I'm coming with hot ones, cold ones, and everything in between. And I'm, and I'm taking my rightful place back in the leaderboard. At the top here, okay? So let's hop into it. We've got some really, really freaking good games this week. And it feels like, man, about time that we get to watch a game in this conference that has national relevance. Penn State plays Ohio State. Then you got Michigan-Michigan State battle for Paul Bunyan. You've also got Wisconsin-Illinois, which, if nothing else, it's the battle of Brett Bielema. So let's get started. We are starting with... Corey, would you like to do... The honors. I sincerely wish there was a way to shut off his mic halfway through that. One, Just one of these times. <laughs> you love Rutgers. it. Don't even give me that. You love it. He does. He loves that raspy voice you got. That sexy raspy voice. Rutgers is playing for bowl eligibility this week, fellas. And they get to do it at Indiana, which I think is a pretty nice spot to potentially do that. Rutgers is going into Indiana as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Okay, I made the call that I was going to make a big jump in the picks this week, so I will, I will take first. I am taking Rutgers minus four-and-a-half in this one. This line, super weird does not make sense i do not care that it's on the road i thought that if you would have not told me the line i would have thought six and a half minimum like or seven and a half like over a touchdown ruckers can run the football they're legit my nun guy is legit and i don't know what indiana does well if i'm being honest they just got beat down against michigan so i don't think they're feeling themselves all that much and ruckers is one of the best teams in the country against the spread so far this year. They are really 
putting Vegas at odds with themselves. So give me Rutgers minus four and a half at Indiana. If I would have told you that by week eight, Rutgers had a chance to cement themselves for a bowl game, everyone, rightfully so, would have 100% laughed at you. Like, absolutely. They've so, smashed, they've smashed <clears throat> their over-under total from preseason. Oh, no doubt. I think it was three and a half, wasn't it? Three and a half? Yeah. So, I, I, I just... I'm really impressed with what Rutgers has done. And listen, I want so badly to take Indiana. I want you guys both to know that. It's one of those spots, teams coming off a super emotional victory, huge comeback against Michigan State. They played their hearts out in the second half of that game. Really hard to rebound and then go on the road and have to take care of an inferior opponent. And that's what Indiana is to Rutgers. I know that's kind of crazy to say. But boys, I said before the season, I said Rutgers plays Indiana, so I'm taking the over for their over under. <laughs> so I got to stick with it. I think I think Rutgers gets it done. I think Rutgers covers the spread. I'm going to go with <clears throat> Rutgers football. <laughs> Fellas, our first super lock of the week comes with our first pick. Let's do this thing. We are, we've kept shopping. We are locking it on Rutgers football. And I'll tell you why. I will give you my synopsis. I'm t- obviously, <laughs> I'd be an idiot if I didn't take Rutgers to cover the spread. But we've all been talking about it. Bowl eligibility is on the line for these boys. And Greg Schiano has got these guys playing some inspired football. I think to avoid that emotional letdown from an emotional game, Schiano just simply says, like, Hey, fellas, you're playing for a vacation here at the end of the year. You're playing for a chance to go someplace that you've never been before, have that you know celebration, that fun time with your teammates, get that goodie bag that you get from going to these bowl games, and you get another chance to get another win for this program. I think that this is a slam dunk. I don't suspect any sort of hangover from uh, their win against Michigan State. They're going to take care of business, and... We will all be celebrating bowl eligibility together. Real quick, this is Rutgers' probably one and only chance to become bowl eligible. The remainder of their schedule after this game, Ohio State at home, at Iowa, at Penn State, Maryland at home. So this is most likely, aside from the Maryland game, their only shot to get to six wins. So they have to get it done. They got to get it done on the road. So big test for them. Great take. Great take by you. That's a tough end of their schedule. So yeah, even more pressure on this one, which is why I agree with you, Corey. I think Shiano will have the boys focused and ready to go. Speaking of Iowa, they're our next game up here. Minnesota is traveling to Iowa this week. Uh, PJ Fleck is rowing the boat into Kirk Ferentz territory. And Iowa is minus three and a half, <clears throat> excuse me, minus three and a half at home. Ethan, who do you got? Uh, this number makes no sense to me. Like, I understand Iowa is completely and totally inept offensively, but so is Minnesota. Minnesota has proven that they cannot move the football, and we saw them play an elite defense a couple weeks and a couple weekends ago against Michigan. And while Iowa might not be quite on that level, they are close. 
So I really don't understand this. I, I understand that I'm trusting Iowa to get, you know, into the end zone twice, which is hard to do, especially for them. But I'm taking Iowa minus three and a half here. This, the final score to this game might legitimately be 10 to three. That, that might be your final score in this game. The over-under is 32 and a half. I would slam the under. I can take it. Um, I honestly don't think Vegas knows how to make these spreads for these Iowa games because what they're doing is defying mathematics and logic. Uh, uh, Corey, what a, what a fantastic point. Like, you know Vegas and all their computer models and everything are going into these, and they're just like, their brains are fried staring at their, They're like, well, how do we do this? Well, we talked about it before the show. Out of 138 FBS uh, D1 football programs, Iowa is ranked 138th in total offense. That is an astounding statistic. But yet... We saw them last week covering the spread on the road against Wisconsin. Injuries, I get it. We talked about it last episode. Um, but Minnesota as an inferior opponent and getting them at home with a smaller spread, that, to me, is making sense of a number that doesn't make sense. I'm going to take Iowa because I think they're going to win this game, and they don't even need to get in the end zone. They could get they could kick three or four field goals and and cover the spread and it'd be perfectly fine and that's and honestly that's how Iowa wants to win games right now so give me Iowa yeah the last couple of weeks Iowa's been able to find a couple of explosive plays in the run game shockingly now it's won a game but it makes all the difference in the world because of how great their defense is playing and we talked about last week too that one of the big problems in Minnesota is quarterback play right now Iowa only has, to this point in the season, one defensive touchdown, which is opposite of what we saw last year. Like, they were scoring almost every week, it felt like. So, I think this week, Iowa gets a defensive score, and that definitely turns the spread in their favor. So, give me Iowa minus three and a half as well. And we are back-to-back big banter mortal locks this week, which, if anyone has any kind of sense about them, they would bet with us. Don't fade us. We're all over 500 this year. Trust us when we give you locks. And also, I, I I did do a little bit of research into how good our locks have been doing. Very good. Like, our locks are are, are really freaking good. So, I, I'm i just saying. I'm not saying it's going to continue. But no, no, no. no. no I, I, I got this. I got this, Ethan. Uh, basically, what Ethan is saying is that we are so much better than any other sports betting podcast you could listen to. And why you're taking their advice over ours is dumbfounding and uh, is record wise record wise. That is actually probably like you would be hard, hard, hard pressed to find a, a betting podcast that's doing better than we are right now. Bold take, but put it's your money where your mouth take. It's just facts. Put your money where your mouth is, and uh, it'll be more at the end. And it'll be more. (laughs) Corey explaining to everyone how gambling works. You take your money, and you place... All right, I'm done. Okay. Uh, Next game, Wisconsin 
traveling to Illinois, the Brett Bielema Bowl. They should make they should make this a trophy game and just have a little statue of Brett Bielema to pass back and forth between the teams. That'd be pretty funny, in my opinion. Wisconsin is minus two and a half on the road. Corey, you're up. Who you got? Gross. I didn't want to be up in this at all. This 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 is the game I didn't want to pick ever because now. Now I'm going to be second guessing Illinois picks because of what they did at Maryland. Um, what I'm so sorry. What was the number that you had? I have a live number here. Oh yeah, two point five. Okay, we're good. Oh my goodness! I just, I think I just got to go with my gut, which is an absolute death sentence to anyone who ever places a bet. Um, I don't believe in Illinois. I believe in Wisconsin to an extent. Illinois is a bad football team. Wisconsin is at least respectable. Um, and I guess this is dependent on if um, Braylon Allen is playing. And if he is, I- I'm taking Wisconsin over anything. that I believe I believe Braylon Allen is playing because he came back in the Iowa. Yeah, he's not, on, he's not on the injury report, just okay. to let you know. He's well, not on it. Yeah, it's... Yeah, Tanner Mordecai will be out, and then obviously Chez Malusi because he's out for the Well, game. there were – I mean, there were conversations that he's hurt before the game against Iowa, and then he left the game due to an injury, so that's why I was thinking about that. But thank you for the uh, live update. Then in that case, uh, Braylon Allen, Wisconsin, minus two and a half. Give it to me. Yeah, I hate this line and this game. I definitely wouldn't put any real – money on this because Illinois is coming off of a super big game against Maryland where they pulled off the upset with the last second field goal and Wisconsin is coming off of a really disappointing game for them where honestly I think in all likelihood they win if Tanner Mordecai stays healthy but you know ifs and buts whatever it doesn't matter so Wisconsin's probably a little bit deflated so I get why the line is only two and a half but I am just going to side with the talent on this one. I think Illinois had their up game against Maryland, and I do think overall as a football team, Wisconsin is better than Maryland is. So I think Illinois had their fun. They had their their get-up game for Illinois or for Maryland, and I don't think – I think they're going to come back to earth in Wisconsin. And now that they have a week to prep where they know Tanner Mordecai is not the quarterback, give me Luke Fickle, give me Wisconsin minus two and a half. You guys are right. This line is disgusting. But Tanner Mordecai being out, we saw what that team is without him. And Vegas would not make this line two and a half if they did not want money coming in on Wisconsin. And that seems to be what they want is money coming in on Wisconsin. Um, The bulk of the money that has come in so far on Wisconsin, or the bets on Wisconsin, money is almost 50-50. Right now, I'm looking at it. It looks like 78% of bets placed have been on Wisconsin, but the big money is coming in on Illinois. That tells me right there, something's up here. Tanner Mordecai not not being able to play. Illinois has played without a quarterback all year. So I, I'm trusting that Brett Bielema is going to get it done here. I, I think there's a good chance they win this game outright. It's at home. I I just I have a bad feeling about what's about to happen to Wisconsin season, and Braylon Allen or no Braylon Allen, they don't have a quarterback. Brett Bielema is going to stack nine guys in that box and make them throw, and I don't think they're going to be able to. I'll take Illinois. Listen, right now the over under in this game is forty two and a half. 
go out there and grab you a nice slice of under pie. It's going to taste so good by the end of that game. You're welcome. Okay, so this is the first time so far in the picks that someone has taken the underdog. So do you think Illinois is going to win this game, or do you think Wisconsin oh, will I, win but not cover? No, I think I think Illinois is going to win the game, but I'm going to take the two and a half. I mean, if you're going to give it to me, I'm definitely taking the two and a half. But I think Illinois wins it outright. Right now, money line, they've made it unbettable for Illinois. Normally, when you're catching two and a half points, your money line bet is going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of plus 120, plus 122. Right now, they're plus 112 money line. That means tons of bets are coming in on Illinois money line. Oh, my gosh. That makes me feel freaking horrible. Ugh, gut punch to Wisconsin season for sure. All right, next game up, Northwestern traveling to Nebraska. Nebraska is minus 11 and a half. Um, I'm going to make my pick very simple. Northwestern played their surprise game this year against Wisconsin, or not Wisconsin, against Minnesota, where they came back against that huge deficit. Since Nebraska has figured out their quarterback situation, they're a better football team than Minnesota. Give me Nebraska at home playing their best football of the year to cover 11 and a half. Um, real quick, Ben Ben Bryant is actually questionable in this game, uh, quarterback for Northwestern. I, I don't know if he's going to play or if he's not. And my guess is if, the, if he does, I don't really think the number shrinks that much, so I'm not worried about it. I'm with you, Alex. I, I think Nebraska right now playing really good football. I think they are playing their best football of the season, and having a mobile quarterback has been a renaissance for them. Really improved the way that they've been able to play. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Nebraska. I think they win by two touchdowns or more. So minus eleven. I'm gonna take Nebraska here. I was going back and forth for this was this was the pick that was taking me the longest, but it shouldn't because the longer that I think about this, um, the more I'm gonna think stupidly. Um, so I'm just going to take Nebraska um, for being the home team and playing well in their building outside of Michigan going in there. Um, and I think we've sung the praises of Harburg a little bit on the show. And in total congruent agreement, he's been balling. So I'm going to wipe my hands of it. Nebraska, not going to think about it. Put it away. I'm done with it. No more thoughts. And... I'm just saying, I've seen some Nebraska fan accounts on Twitter talking about how they have an outside shot at potentially, maybe, sort of, possibly winning the Big Ten West. They end the season with back-to-back games against Wisconsin and Iowa. So the Nebraska fans, they just crushed Illinois. They're kind of feeling themselves a little bit. Maybe the players are juiced up. Maybe they think they got a chance. You know what? I mean, we saw Purdue. We saw Purdue fall into Indianapolis last year too. So I wouldn't be shocked if this happened. You know what? Nebraska fans have been begging for a winner for so long now. I wouldn't. I. You know what? Fine. I don't care. The West is a crapshoot. Let's root for somebody so somebody can be happy. I. Let's do it. I'm all for chaos right now. Hey, they they get uh, their schedule coming down the stretch is 
is pretty favorable aside from the fact that they play at Wisconsin. They get Northwestern at home, Purdue at home. They travel to Michigan State. They will be favored on the road against Michigan State. They play Maryland at home. Like I said, they do travel to Wisconsin, but then they get Iowa at home to end the season. So, I mean, is it possible? Sure. Likely. No. Do we any, does anybody have any clue what's happening in the Big Ten West ever? Aside from Corey last year, the answer is no. And they kind of won in spite of being terrible, the Boilermakers last year. It kind of has the same feel like the same thing might happen again this year. Well, hold on. Hold on. I did pick Iowa to represent the West at the beginning of the season, and right now they're in control of their own destiny. So maybe, maybe I still am in tuned with the, the Sicko's West. I was going to say, he's a sicko guy, so maybe you just have to listen to Corey when it comes to the Big Ten West. Thank God it's going away next year. I'm going to be a real sicko here for a second. If Nebraska had started the right quarterback from the beginning of the season, you could make a very real argument that they would be a one-loss football team One-loss team. One-loss team. Lost to Michigan. Yeah. You think they would have beaten Colorado? Wow. I mean, Jeff threw that game away. Oh, they 1,000. Colorado is bad. Colorado is really, really bad. That was a really close game for a really long time until the turnovers just, they couldn't overcome them. So Nebraska Sims couldn't help himself but give Colorado the, he was, he might as well have been wearing a Colorado jersey. Yeah, it was harsh. (laughs) Them's, them's the facts. Them's the facts. All right, now we get into some big boy games. That I'm, I'm telling you, I'm so pumped for these games this weekend, these two in particular. So, Michigan is traveling to Michigan State. I am going to be at this game with my wife. It is going to be electric, the Avenge the Tunnel game. Okay, now Michigan players have been asked about it, like, hey, you know, are you juiced up from the tunnel incident a year ago? You know, they're saying all the right stuff in the media, like, no, we just want to win the game, blah, blah, blah. you got to think that's in the back of their heads. I believe it's in the back of Jim Harbaugh's head. Michigan State is reeling right now after their just blown lead, their blown 18-point lead to Rutgers. So as 24-and-a-half favorites, uh, Corey, I'll go to you. Does Michigan go into Michigan State and cover? Uh, To your point of – this is in the back of their heads. Literally, Blake Corum today was quoted saying, yes, this is in the back of our heads, but it's not our motivation to to avenge the tunnel. We just want to go in there and take care of business um, like we've been doing. That's a direct quote as well. There's a lot less um, fireworks this week leading up to Michigan, Michigan State hate week, um, which is kind of strange. But also, I don't think we've seen the disparity between these two programs been this large. And I'm not saying that from a point of, of, uh, of like arrogance. It's just the facts based off of a multitude of factors. Um, Michigan, I think won by what? 21 last year at home when the teams were more, uh, when the parody was more in tune with each other. I get it. It's on the road. Um, I just, Michigan's just going to do what they're going to do. I think they're going to suffocate uh, Michigan State. Um, and I, I, 
I'm really, unfortunately, not as passionate as I usually am about hating Michigan State because I think I'm just, like, not nervous at all, which also kind of scares me. And maybe I just am not overthinking. Um, Michigan covers the spread. They play some bully ball. They pull away late, backdoor, fourth quarter cover, um, and they take care of business, bring Paul home. Yeah, I am also picking Michigan to cover this. I think Michigan State's in a really bad spot right now as a football program. I also don't want to be put into in a position where I am in East Lansing at the game and I have to root for Michigan State to like score in the last couple minutes to backdoor cover. Just as a fan, don't want to have to do that. So I'm going to be rooting for a big blowout. Give me Michigan minus 24 and a half. I think this is one of those situations where <clears throat> it is a rivalry game. Um, I, I I don't know why. I just, because of how Michigan State's season has played out and them not having the same head coach as they did last year, it just really doesn't feel like the tunnel incident is really there for me. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. But I... I I personally think that this is one of those spots where remove the jersey, take the Michigan State logo off of those jerseys and put on any other logo you'd like that isn't a rival, and Michigan would be favored by 30-plus in this game. Um, I think it's the rivalry factor that's driving it down. I don't think there's any let-up in this thing. I, I think there is, honest to God, I think there's a chance that we're playing the backups in the fourth quarter just like we have in every other game and trying to avoid, you know, getting hurt by a frustrated team or whatever. Um, I really think that this is just a spot where Michigan comes out, lays down the hardwood and gets back on the bus and it's a business trip. I I, I think Michigan wins this game by 30 plus points. I think they're going to absolutely ground and pound. I think you're going to see them sling it in the air. Michigan State does not have a secondary, so J.J. McCarthy can sling it around if he wants to. This is going to be a big game for Michigan. And they're real quick. Tickets are dirt cheap for this game. Michigan State fans are selling their tickets like crazy. This is going to be as close to a 50-50 split for fans in the stands that you will ever see in this rivalry. Oh, you trying to go or what? I know you just had I'll a kid there. Though. Maybe I'll go. Who knows? And then be dead tired for church the next day that I have to work. That's fine. Go. Uh, It'll be worth it. I'm sold. <laughs> you convinced me. <laughs> I'm a persuasive guy. What can I say? All right. Last game. This is the big noon kickoff game. This is, man, this has so much weight to it for the fate of the Big Ten East and who could potentially get into the college football playoff. Penn State traveling to Ohio State to the shoe. Ohio State is a a four-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Penn State's coming off a game where they killed UMass. Ohio State's probably coming off their most well-rounded game of the year when they demolished Purdue on the road. So, Ethan... I'll start with you. Ohio State minus four and a half at home against Penn State. Who are you taking? This game opened as Ohio State as a five and a half point favorite. Devil's number. Um, I thought it would. I thought this. I thought this line would be two and a half. It's a noon kick. It's not a night kick. 
I really thought it was going to be like two, two and a half, something like that. Wouldn't matter. Wouldn't, would not matter either way. I think Penn State's winning this game outright. I said it before the season started. I have absolutely no reason to change my mind now. Um, is Ohio State better than I thought they were going to be? Yes. Is Penn State better than I thought they were going to be? Yes. And I thought Penn State was going to be really good. Um, I think Penn State wins this game outright. I do. That's 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 just my feeling on it. No, no feeling whatsoever towards like rooting interest or oh, I hate Ohio State, so I'm picking against them or whatever. That is truly what I feel. I think Penn State is a better team. I think Penn State is going to win. This game is going to come down to the last minute. This is going to be a knuckles-out, dragged-out brawl. This is going to be a really, really good game to watch. My biggest concern, I, I know everything that I just said, I am picking Penn State, and I am sticking with that. My biggest concern, James Franklin on the road, against a top 10 opponent. He finds a way to coach himself into a loss in these situations. So I think if he can just get out of the way, get out of his own way, get out of his own team's way, they win. But we shall see on Saturday. So stoked for this game though. All right. I, this, uh, Alex, you, you played it out beautifully is like there's so many implications of this game and honestly I think there there would be shock waves that would be sent throughout the entire nation of college football if Penn State figured out a way to win this game almost a changing of the guard so to speak Ohio State being the big bad bully that had you know dominated the conference for so long um, and now, finally, somebody other than Michigan is taking that next step and slaying the dragon as well. Um, oh, gosh. I I will be watching this game, edge of my seat, just, just basking in finally good Big Ten football for this season. I, I'm going to go with history right now, and until... Until somebody can prove to me that they can beat this team when they are wounded, I can't go against them. That's just how much respect I have for this Ohio State team. I, I'm i going to take Ohio State here, and I'll tell you why. Ethan had mentioned the, the James Franklin stat, which absolutely, that would go into my uh, synopsis of this game. But let's look at Penn State's quarterback, Drew Aller. Alex, you talked about it last show. The explosive plays for Penn State, not that great right now. Um, And we have a somewhat inexperienced quarterback whose first real tough test is on the road in possibly the toughest place that you can play in the conference. And you're asking him to go in there and get the monkey off of James Franklin's back to beat a top 10 opponent on the road um, when we're not sure if he can throw the ball down the field. I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot of pressure to put on this young man's shoulders. Now, if his first test, if this was reversed, and this game was being played at Penn State, I might be more inclined to pick Penn State in this situation because then he'll have the support of the, the dreaded whiteout or whatever in Happy Valley. 
This game is on the road. This is the first time that we're going to see what Drew Aller can do against a really difficult opponent, and it unfortunately happens to be against Ohio State. Give me Ohio State. This will be a heavyweight duel, but I think they win by a touchdown. Ethan, I couldn't have said it better myself. James Franklin is the only one that makes me nervous about picking Penn State in this one. I also, when I looked at this, assumed this would be closer to a two, two-and-a-half-point spread. Um, to be honest, and that's because if I if the game was in Penn State, I would fully expect Penn State to be the favored team. So I'm, I'm taking Penn State in this one. If this was Penn State minus four-and-a-half, I would take Ohio State to lose and cover because I think this is going to be a really close game. I don't think a couple of weeks ago I would have said that, that I thought this was going to be a close game, but Ohio State gets a little bit better every week. But there are just some things you can't fix on the fly. One of those things is offensive tackle play. They can't fix that on the fly. One of those things is uh, performing in short-yarded situations when you have to run the football. You can't fix that on the fly for Ohio State. Now, Penn State's not a perfect team. The explosive plays, you got to fix that, blah, blah, blah. But that's part of the reason why I think it's going to be a little bit lower scoring than people think. It's going to be a defensive battle because people also forget, like, Ohio State's got Marvin Harrison and maybe Emeka Obuka. I don't know what his status is for this game. But Penn State's got some dudes in the secondary. Like I think Abuka, I think Abuka's out or, or is questionable. Yeah, yeah, I would – I would assume he'd be at the very most questionable right now, so we'll see come game time. But Penn State's got dudes in the secondary with Kalen King. And as a defensive coordinator, that frees up Manny Diaz to do so many creative things when you can say, okay, I can dedicate one, maybe two guys to Marvin Harrison, and he's not going to take over the game. And I can still be creative with my front seven and give – uh, Kyle McCord hell so I'm taking Penn State to win this game I think they cement themselves as a big time contender in the Big Ten East and in the Big Ten and in the national championship conversation uh, real quick uh, Abuka Henderson Williams and Burke will be back for Saturday honestly love it I want to see these teams healthy playing against each other it uh, doesn't change my pick. I don't think it changed Ethan's either. So I'm taking Penn State. And I'm looking at these picks. We don't have a lot of variance. Rutgers, Indiana, we took the favorite to cover. Minnesota, Iowa, took the favorite to cover. Wisconsin, Ethan took Illinois as the underdog. Nebraska, we all took the favorite to cover. Michigan, Michigan State, we all took the favorite to cover. And Penn State, Ohio State, Corey's the only one on an island. So we're either going to all have great records this week or all be absolutely horrible. I took I think I think I took every favorite, which that's never a good sign. Ever. Never. Yeah. It it's it's funny to me because um over the last two weeks something has really changed. And this is just kind of going to the Big Ten as a whole. Um something has changed and Vegas has seen something in the Michigan Wolverines that has triggered something either in their algorithm or something like that. I don't know. I do not know what it is because Vegas has information that I will never have. Um, But Michigan, uh, I just had it pulled up on my phone. 
Michigan is now the odds-on favorite to win the national championship. They are plus 245, and Georgia is plus 275. It is the first time since 1997 that Michigan has been the favorite to win the national championship. So <clears throat> it is something Something crazy has happened. Um, they're plus 245. Something crazy has happened. I think the world might be ending soon. <laughs> yeah, they, they, all I'm saying is they better not freaking figure out a way to lay an egg against Michigan State. Otherwise, I'm going to bash my forehead. No, I, 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 think, I think what you're seeing is Vegas has recognized the depth of that team and the high-level talent at every position group on that team. Um, and it's elite, just like Georgia. Um, they, they're they the only two teams that – they've made Georgia and Michigan unbettable with those numbers. Unbettable. The next closest team to win the national championship currently is Florida State at plus 900. Ohio State plus 1,100. You want to get Penn State plus 1,300. Michigan currently on the road against Penn State, five and a half point favorite. Michigan at home against Ohio State. Either one of you care to take a guess what the spread on that game is right now? Four and a half? Michigan minus six. Oh my gosh. God, dude. Vegas that is, is basically that is Vegas. telling all of us it's a two horse race. Yeah. Oh, Vegas. Vegas has announced there are two teams that can win, and we will not let you bet them. I mean, at this point in the season, like, you can get teams on Saturdays at plus 230, like live dogs at plus 245. That Michigan, to win the natty, is plus 245. I've never seen something like that in my life. Georgia last year. That was Georgia last year. At this point in the season, Georgia was like plus 200, plus 230. Michigan's the best team in the country, folks. I just wanted to give you a quick little update. You guys know I like what Vegas has to say. I just wanted you guys to know what was going on. And Michigan is now your odds-on betting favorite to win the national championship. You see, here's the thing. Ethan and I now have two of the best football teams to root for in the state of Michigan and Alex has to root for the Steelers now. So really who's missing out here? It it's hockey season now. I'm 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 here for the Red Wings. I'm here for the Red Wings now. What about Pittsburgh? Hey, Alex to Alex to bring it looks like the truth. Oh yeah. You're gonna become a Penguins fan too, you sicko. You can no, get a crybaby Crosby jersey. Mm, I don't know. I can't bring myself to be a Penguins fan. Can't do it. All right, boys. Those are the picks. Man, if Michigan wins a freaking natty, I mean, like, my son being born, getting married, Michigan winning a natty. Not necessarily in that order. Just. (laughs) Oh, no. Is Grace still awake? (laughs) No, she's upstairs with the baby, I think. (laughs) Good. Good call. (laughs) Yeah, made sure to double check. All right, uh, are we picking any non-conference games, or are we keeping it to the conference this week? No, I I mean, if you guys want them, I got them for you. Give it to me. Quick ones. (laughs) Give it to me. Let's make them. 
Let's make them quick because we're pushing time a little bit. All right. So we have uh, Tennessee traveling to Alabama. It is a top 25 matchup. Alabama is minus nine in this game. Tennessee kind of looks like they're maybe finding their stride here. I'll give a quick, I, I, I don't trust Alabama to beat anyone by nine points right now, let alone a ranked opponent. I'm sorry. I know this is Alabama. I don't, I do not, I don't trust, I'm, I don't trust Alabama to beat the school of the sisterly blind by nine points right now. I'm taking Tennessee plus the nine points. I'm also taking Tennessee plus the nine points. Uh, I, for all the reasons you just said, I just, this is not the Alabama team we're used to seeing. Uh, I know it's a road game. I know Alabama wants revenge, but Tennessee can put up points and just, man, Alabama's not who we thought they were going to be. Give me uh, Tennessee plus nine. What a world we live in right now where Michigan is the favorite to win the national championship and we don't trust Alabama to beat the school of the blind by nine points. This is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Joe Milton got a cannon. I'm expecting a shootout. And if you get a shootout, those usually are within like three to seven points uh, and not nine. So uh, points. I'm rooting for points in this game, and I will take Tennessee to cover. They're not going to win, but. I'm giving you guys two more games, so make this one quick. Duke travels to Florida State minus Florida State minus 14. Alex, go. Give me Duke, absolutely. Florida State keeps doing weird things. Like like Boston College, they kind of developed a – I can't remember if they got a big lead and then almost I said away. quick. Give me Duke. Is Leonard playing in this game yet or is he still hurt? That That's something I need to know. Oh, shoot. He's not hurt. He's playing. He's playing. Give me Duke. Okay. Yeah, give me Duke. I have no holy clue how – Anybody could think that Florida State could be favored by 14 against a good ranked opponent. I know they're going on the road. This feels like a trap to me. I, 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 we're all like so easily taking Duke. It feels kind of disgusting. Maybe Florida State has just like this crazy performance that I haven't seen yet. I'm going to take Duke plus the 14 as well. All right. Last game. Utah travels to USC, go into the Coliseum. USC minus seven, the soon-to-be Big Ten squad, minus seven points. Boys, I'm telling you straight up, when I first saw that they were playing Utah, I thought, oh my gosh, that game will probably be a pick em. Unless they're at home, it'll probably be like minus two. I, I can't I can't make heads or tails of it. Give me Utah in the seven points, please, and thank you. And I, I, I mean, there is a very, very good chance Utah wins this game outright. They have they've played really good football this year. And USC, um, last time I checked, they don't know what defense is. Uh Utah is like USC's boogeyman. Like, well, I think they're on a three-game win streak against USC right now, um, and I don't necessarily see that changing all that much. Utah had cracked the code uh, against USC playing against them, um, and 
USC has continued to show us that we are who they thought they were in a very talented offensive team and a uh, no defense team whatsoever. So are we getting are, are we just boosting our super locks picks for this pod? We are absolutely boosting the super locks. Give me Utah as well. One of these teams plays football and one of these teams plays seven on sevens every Saturday. Utah is the team that plays actual football. They will bully USC and definitely keep this within seven. And I would not be shocked either if they won this outright. So we, after taking almost 100% of the favorites for the Big Ten, we've taken all of us, the underdogs, in these three games. I just I just had to take you guys on a little non-conference tour to get you guys, get your heads back in the right space. You're welcome. I need it. You're that. welcome. Okay, but yeah, but real quick, Ethan, uh, just because we we are on the topic of USC on the last episode, we talked about the potential bowl matchup of USC versus in Iowa. Oh, no, no, Rutgers. There was that was a bowl projection. That was a bowl projection from ESPN Plus directly from I think it was Bondarich or whoever one of those okay. two guys. Uh, let me tell you guys a quick little story that is about two seconds long. I deleted ESPN from my phone a long time ago because they don't know how to do anything related to sports other than broadcast it to my television. And I hate the people who talk about it while they're on ESPN. Ethan, that wasn't the question. Give me your thoughts on a potential Rutgers USC bowl matchup. I would rather see Rutgers. I would rather see Iowa USC. That would be way funner. <laughs> oh, I would. That too. would be way better. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be way better of a team that plays no offense and all defense against a team that plays all offense and no defense. Come on. That would be spectacular. Oh, that would be incredible. That would be incredible. Do do they play each other next year? Oh, I wonder if they do. We got to get on that real quick. We'll post it in the show notes sometime. Well, yeah, well. We'll we'll let you guys know on next episode or something. I don't Listen, know, or, folks, or you can go find out yourself. We love you guys. We appreciate you listening. I am so so excited for another weekend of college football. Thank you guys for congratulating me on the new son. Apparently, that's all I know how to make, but I will try again for a daughter at some point in the future. Um, we love you. Check us out on the socials. Like, comment, subscribe. It really helps out the pod. We love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Peace.